millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to The Aftermath. Today, we'll be talking to a senior drilling application engineer at Center Rock, Inc., the company that was in charge of rescuing the 33 miners. His name is Richard Sapi, and as the Chilean miners like to call him, Sopito. Richard, well, thank you so much for joining us today. From what I understand, you were part of the successful drilling team that assisted in the 37-day rescue operation of the 33 miners. That is correct. You are definitely a true hero and worthy of what we call around here the big clap. So thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you. (laughs) So walk us through, at what point, in the 69-day ordeal, did you and your team get involved? And can you talk to us about what you encountered at that point? Well, I think that it was two things that got our attention. The initial cave-in of the mine, it was announced to the world and not another word. They mentioned there was 33 miners, didn't know if they were dead or alive. And, and we listened and searched out. We could not find any other information until 17 days later. And that's when they had actually got a small hole drilled from the surface into the mine and confirmed that all 33 miners were alive. And that's when this thing went viral. It just absolutely every news program had, you know, how did these guys live 17 days underground without food and water and on and on and on. And we just started calling everyone we could think of with a, uh, a plan that we had a lot of confidence in that we could work. 
And we finally got a hold of the right people in the government and the mine. And we put the whole program together, came up with the uh, delivery times because we were going to all the tools that we used. We manufactured ourselves. We, we shut our plant down and uh, worked around the clock till we were had a uh, enough to put on an airplane to get started. And every single thing that we did was air freighted there. Talk to us about what it is that Center Rock Inc. does and why it's so uniquely qualified to help in this particular rescue? Well, that's a really good question. Our market is anywhere there is hard ground, hard rock. It could be anywhere in the world. It could be drilling vertical, horizontal, battered holes. They could be for water exploration, oil and gas, mining, in this case, a rescue hole. And But wherever there's rock, our, our tools are pneumatic percussion, hard rock drilling tools. The bits are designed to uh, drill many feet and extremely hard rock so that you can, uh, with drilling depths like this in uh, Chile to these depths, that that was uh, very much paramount. That's some of the hardest rock that there is. And uh, we did a lot of bit changes because they did eventually wear out. But our our whole company is based around hard rock pneumatic percussion drilling for whatever it's for. Can you talk to us what your plan was to get these guys out of there? When we found out that they had got a small five and a half inch hole from surface into the mine, our plan was we would take that hole or if they could get another one into the mine, that one and enlarge it from five and a half inch to 12 inch diameter. And that was a, a small enough jump that we could circulate all those cuttings back to surface because we're drilling with air to get it to 28 inch diameter initially. And then we dropped down to 26. That was going to take way more air than really conceivably possible to blow all those cuttings to surface. So we got the okay with a 12 inch hole to go ahead and let the cuttings fall into the mine. The miners okay that as long as we chased it with a little bit of water to kill the dust. They had no problem with it. In fact, every three or four hours, they'd have us stop drilling, and, and they had some equipment down below to move the cuttings out of the way. So, I mean, they played a, a huge role in their own rescue the whole time we were there. Uh, we were in constant communication with them. So, anyhow, we drilled it, the first one, from uh, five and a half to 12 inch and broke into the mine. That was a huge milestone. We had a major problem at 262 meters where the face of the bit broke off and it took us five days going in and out of the hole. I can't tell you how many times to fish it out so we could keep going and we got that done. And then we started with our big drills um, going from 12 to uh, 24 inch and what a uh, what a wa- an awakening that was as far as Drilling those depths, that hard a rock, and the uh, damage that uh, uh, 50, 60, 70, sometimes 80 meters uh, would do to this tool before we'd bring it out. And thank God we brought four of them because each time one came out, it took a week to rebuild it. From what I understand, the miners were actually helping clear the, the rock that was falling from this larger hole that was being drilled. Absolutely. they were They were a huge part. I mean, we were... We had a closed circuit TV uh, on surface that we could meet and talk to them. They had a, obviously small cameras so they could see us while we were talking to them. And uh, 
we just, every time we were getting ready to do something, even if it was, we're going to shut down and change oil or do service on the drill rig or the compressors, we always let them know. So there, there wasn't any panic. And, uh, I, I think they appreciated that. And, and they actually put on shifts to actually watch what was coming out of the hole. Cause sometimes we broke parts that actually fell into the mine and they told us you never get that on a drilling job. Somebody from down below is telling you what happened. <laughs> So did you develop any friendships with the miners while you were drilling? We never got to meet any face-to-face while we were there. It was just over the TV. and We had a, a really neat kid. His name was Igor Prostecki with our distributor down there that, that picked us up at the airport. And we arrived, stayed with us the entire 37 days and dropped us off at the airport. And he was fluent in both languages. I mean, he, he could speak English without even an accent. And so we were sitting in this little hut one day, what, looking at the TV, talking to some miners. And the miners were talking in Spanish, and I noticed all of them, Igor and them, were started to chuckle. And I thought, what in the world's that about? And I hope I don't have something on my face or you know whatever they're laughing at. <laughs> and Igor, what's that about? And he started laughing. He said, "Sapi." He called me Sapito. He said, "Sapito, you have a new name." I said, "What is it?" He said, "House." They think you look like Dr. House. <laughs> I hope it's my looks, not my personality. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a good visual for our listeners as well. I mean, little things like that were uh, emotions breakers. You know, everybody was, we were wound up so tight. The few days that we made it into town, I think in 37 days, we made it into town to actually shower and lay in a bed seven nights even laying down we, we couldn't unwind to go to sleep yeah it must have been one of uh, one of the most intense months of your life i was never in the service so i wouldn't have a clue and thank god what it would be like to be in war uh, but if it's even remotely uh, like what we went through which i'm sure is a thousand times more because we were never afraid for our lives but if it's anything like that i can see where uh, people can have trouble afterwards because it took me a long time to even sleep through the night after we got wow. home. I'd just, I'd just shoot up, sit up straight in bed thinking, wow. oh, my God, we got to go get out there. Something's broke. Oh, no, I'm home. I could lay back down. <laughs> that lasted quite a while. We had a we kind of made a pact that Brandon and I did when we got on the plane to fly down there. Said, you know, And it was failure is not an option. It absolutely is not an option. Whatever we have to do, whatever hours we have to stay up, second guess and third guess and triple guess everything we're going to do. And what if this happens, we're going to do this. What if that happens? And, you know, it, it's kind of like drilling the hole in your mind before you physically drill it. So how would you describe people's spirits during this ordeal? Uh, the miners always seemed upbeat. The, the fact that they knew someone was coming uh, I don't, I couldn't have a clue what their, their temperament was like that first 17 days before anyone knew they were alive. But after that, they were always upbeat. We had some ups and downs when we came out with that bit face broke off. I mean, that was just like getting stabbed in the heart. If, if we, if we couldn't have gotten that out, we were done. We couldn't drill around it and we couldn't drill through it. We had to get it removed. And obviously, or not, maybe not obviously, that was not anything. We had brought so many extra bits so that when we thought one was getting ready, we'd just trip it out and put another one in. Well, at that time in the hole, part of the feed system on the rig was broke, and it was easier to keep drilling. 
and get that fixed than it was to trip all the way out from 262 meters. Well, obviously that that decision cost us five days and wow. probably 10 years of growth. So d- did you work closely with the owners and the managers of the of the San Jose Mining Company? Yeah, they had a pretty good uh, contingency there. Um, and the, the communication level there was, I would say, tremendously good. There was, when we arrived, plant A was already there and drilling. It was a big uh, raised bore machine that was already in country. So it didn't have to mobilize very far and it was already drilling. Then we were plant B where we set up and uh, a couple weeks after we got started, uh, plan C showed up, which was a huge, uh, big triple oil field rig that was actually in country and mothballed. And, and it was a Canadian rig with a Canadian crew. So they flew in and uh, they spent a couple weeks just getting the rig put together and, and straightened out. But uh, in any event that, those were the ones that were there. And if, you know, if they came and wanted either of those A or C needed something from us and we had it, we glad to help them. And if we needed something, everyone was, you know, it's whatever it's going to take to get this hole drilled. It's the, uh, it's all of our goals. Yes. We'd all like each like to be the one that did it, but more importantly, one of us has to get there so that it was friendly competition between the drillers, the mining, um, the people from the mine, the the government. Uh, I, I mean, I actually got to meet Panero. I mean, he walked up and shook my hand. That was my. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, that's incredible. That that was the most unbelievable thing. He walked up and he said he didn't. He hadn't met us yet, Brandon or I. He said, "Are you Richard or Brandon?" I said, "Well, I'm Richard." And he's he. It was a double-handed handshake, just a hearty handshake. The man, this is the president of this country shaking my hand. What's going on here? <laughs> He said, I just want to thank you for being here, and I wish you all the luck to, to get these miners out. And Is there anything that you need? And I said, well, we're rebuilding these precision tools in, out in this desert in the middle of a sandbox. Is there any way you could get us a concrete pad poured? And he said, well, how big? And I said, English or metric? Either one. I said, 20 foot by 30 foot. But we're on such a slope here in this sand. All these tools for drilling are around it has to be level or these things are going to roll off of there and kill somebody. <laughs> it has to be level. Wow. Okay. That was at two o'clock in the afternoon. And at seven o'clock that night, Brandon and I were putting our, our handprints in the concrete. Wow. Why didn't I ask him for a sack full of hundred? That's what I was thinking. It's a good thing that you were there to ask for what you actually needed. Cause if I was there, I would have asked for a personal AC unit or something. <laughs> well, we had, uh, our housing was a, uh, the, the Igor's pickup, uh, at night for the first three days because uh, it got cold. It got 32, 33 degrees Fahrenheit at night. And at 11 o'clock, the fog bank would roll in off the ocean. And by 12 o'clock, you're in 33, 34 degree weather, soaking wet every single night. Sun come wow. up in the morning, it'd get to 70. That was it. Not 71 or two. You're, you're close enough to it and there's no impurities in the air. So you, all your skin you had to cover up or you just blister. And we just went through that routine, and the government, uh, the Army actually pitched a tent for us over pretty close to where we worked, which was nice to keep the the dew and the rain and the the moisture off of us. So so were you able to interact with the families that were waiting around for news on their uh, loved ones that were stuck? Uh, You know, that was one that we chose not to. When when we 
when we would go into town, we actually snuck around Camp Hope. And I can still feel the feelings today. We had all the pressure we needed on ourselves that we put on, on ourselves. The last thing we needed was the family meeting them and, and please save my husband or save my dad. Yeah. Or we, I couldn't have taken any more pressure. We just agreed that uh, we came there to do a job. We're going to get it done. Them asking us to, to help or work faster wasn't going to change a thing. And That's I, right. I just did, I couldn't have taken any more pressure. They, 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 I was, I'd have fell apart. I, I, I probably would have. So, you know, finally, Richard, I, and now I know that you're part of the uh, rescue operation, um, but I was just wondering if you, based on your knowledge, if, if, if you had to pick something or someone that was to blame for th- for how the actual disaster happened, the cave-in and the subsequent tra- trapping of the miners, who or what would that be? Well, I, I, I think it's a combination of one major item. That that mine started in the late 1800s. And as you can imagine, that was before OSHA, MSHA, all these regulations on proper mining techniques and safety and all that. And over all these times, and included why we were there, that bank, that mine declared bankruptcy. So it was either the fourth or fifth time it had declared bankruptcy. And it, it, in this country is as guilty as all of them. In the old days, there just was no rules and regulation. And they used to high grade and they'd follow a, a vein, no matter how safe or unsafe it was. And I think it just had too many years of unsafe mining processes and too many years of a country that has some pretty extreme uh, geological uh, faults and uh, the, you know, they, they've, they've got stuff in the Richter scale in the high sevens is pretty common down there. And I, I just think that the combination of all of that did it as to pointing a finger at one individual. I, I don't know that that would be possible. I don't even know how much information from the 1800s transposed to what they were doing today. I, I, I just think it was a, a conglomeration of a combination of errors. Richard, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's it's fascinating how you were able to really get the job done and save the lives of all of these 33 men. Uh, so thank you. And, and, and for taking the initiative to go down there and, and do the project. That's, that's really remarkable. So thanks so much for talking to us. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for calling. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today with us, we have producer Amanda Lund. Happy to be here. (laughs) And fact checker Chris Smith. I'm also happy to be here. What a lucky get. We I feel it felt like we were talking to someone who was giving us the inside scoop of of what was really going on during this rescue mission. I agree. He was incredible. Um he was articulate and smart and like really gave you a sense of what it was like down there. I mean, some of those details he shared were incredible. What an amazing thing to be a part of. It's like if you just accomplish that in your life, doesn't don't you just kind of sit back and say, "Well, I did it." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, like nobody's going to even come close to that. That's that's such a good point. I wonder how he I wonder how like how okay, so like you're out to dinner and meeting him for the first time. I wonder when he brings it up. <laughs> it's like it's probably uncouth for him to bring it up though. Like but like if you're his wife or whatever, I would be like, yeah. You, you bring that out like before the appetizers get there, right? <laughs> oh, of course, at least for the, you know, you have at least like a year to every time you go out to eat, announce that. It's like when you're on your honeymoon, every time you go out to lunch or dinner, you always say, we're on our honeymoon and maybe you get a free dessert. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. That's a great point. I wonder if he's leveraged that to concierges and hostess stands. I mean, really, if you go to a restaurant, you say, I saved 33 people, like get me the table. At least a glass of champagne would be nice. (laughs) I just cannot wrap my head around what it must feel like to have a skill and to work in an industry that is so useful. (laughs) like i can't imagine there ever being a time when i'm called upon to like join forces across the world to to work on such a project like will i ever get that opportunity i hope you do amanda i hope we all do because and at the same time it really felt like it was some intense pressure that they were under you could hear that in his voice when he talked about not talking to the families yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I, and about that scene about him and uh, with him and his partner on the plane coming over being like failure is not an option. Um, no. I mean, I mean the stakes have never been higher. You have 33 so lives and all of their family is just waiting outside waiting for you to get them out. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. It was incredible. So, yeah, if I was his wife, I'd, I'd the way I'd say, you know, hey, honey, doesn't that remind you of that time you were in Chile and you saved 33 people? 
So that that's how I would do it. How, 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 do you think that he was the the biggest hero any of us have ever talked to? Do you think we've talked to a bigger? We hero? we did like, talk to the H the hero. doctor uh, at Chernobyl. Oh yeah, that guy. I mean, was that was a biggie. That was a biggie. They're they're tied, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, just a, a good good talk. That was a good talk. I also like how he shared credit with the miners down below and how he explained, we didn't get into that in the original podcast, but how he explained that they were drilling down that same hole, if I understand correctly. Yeah, they, they first were widening did a small hole out and then a bigger hole. And yeah. sending the dirt down there with water and then they were the miners were clearing it out. Yeah, it was a, a group effort. I thought it was so interesting that when something would break and the miners found it, they were able to tell them, hey, this is what happened. I think your blade or whatever it was came off. Totally. That's incredible. And the other thing I think is so cool um, was him talking about the different rescue missions that were going on simultaneously. And I know that um, Farron helped with the movie The 33, but I personally would love to see the movie about the rescue effort and the <laughs> dynamics going on above ground that had to be really and it sounds nice like they were all helping each other but i wonder if the miners kind of were like oh we think it's gonna be plan b (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got to get a hold of one of the miners to see who they would place their bets on right exactly i mean that's what we that's what chris would have been doing you would have been taking bets right yeah exactly i mean that's where i mean yeah you create a little friendly competition and maybe even make some money out of the deal (laughs) (laughs) so rebecca did hearing his perspective on things change your verdict at all or you stand by it well i i thought he brought up a really good point about the uh age of the mine uh and how you know can you blame people in the 1800s uh for uh, bad regulations, you know, they didn't really know what they were doing. But the the fact that the mine itself had gone into bankruptcy and, and really had fallen behind, I mean, at a certain point, uh, you have to, as, you, you know, at this point, the, the, the managers and the owners, they knew better. They knew that mining had come a long way and they knew that this... Uh, particular cave had been uh been drilled at uh for a very long time so they might have must have had some kind of suspicion that it it wasn't working well it was interesting what he said that the san jose mining company was so organized as far as the rescue effort that kind of made me go oh did we get this wrong but i think i still agree with our our verdict because it just, if they were so organized with the rescue effort, it just means like, why couldn't they have been that organized and productive with making the repairs to begin with? Maybe they, yeah. yeah. It felt like a little too late, right? It's like yeah. when your boss leaves, it's like your boss is not always watching you at work. Like when he goes back to his office, like you futz around, you play Minesweeper, mm. you, you don't really care. But when the boss <laughs> is watching, then they really perform. And the but whole world he- is watching. Exactly. Yeah, but he did bring up the something I hadn't thought of was the uh, earthquakes or the Richter scale. Mm. So that the, just I guess plate tectonics could have gone up on the board. <laughs> yeah, because but we, did, we got the big ass rock. We did, and and the big ass rock would have been a victim of plate tectonics. Yes. Right? Uh huh. 
can't those plates just stop shifting? Like, when are they going to get comfortable? It's like, so it's like, rude. It's like when you're out at one of those outdoor movie theaters and like you're, you're you know, somebody's like you're laying like, on your, you're like trying to get comfortable. Those darn plates, like they just need to relax and settle. Oh, guys. Well, anyway, I thought that was awesome and you did a great interview and I love listening to that. Thank you. I mean, he was incredible. Um, so I, I, again, I think he deserves a big clap. Oh, yeah. And... And I think that we still got it right. I think the right person is in the alarmist jail. So now I think we should talk about some of the listener feedback that we've gotten from the Marilyn Monroe episode, which has been very popular. A lot of people have written in um, with their thoughts. Um, So this is from a listener named Charlotte. And she reached out and she said, uh, Hey, Rebecca and Co., I used to work as a Maryland impersonator at a theme park in Singapore, and I went pretty far into learning uh, as much as about her as I could. I've always wondered who is to blame, and one day I decided it boiled down to men. I think it was Marilyn's desire and desperation for approval and affection from powerful men that led to her death. Joe DiMaggio, Arthur Miller, JFK, possibly Bobby Kennedy, too. She never knew who her father was and thinking and, and I think yearning for a father figure that lived up to her dreams meant she put all of her hopes in men who would be able to be more to her than just a nor, quote normal guy. So to speak, she wanted someone who could be her love or her father. And that meant someone powerful. I don't think any of the men as individuals are to blame. Certainly certainly not Joe. But I think if you want to summarize, that's where it lands. So her desire for a powerful man, desperation for approval and love from powerful men, and daddy issues. Take care. Stay safe. Charlotte. So what do you guys think about that? Well, I think we were talking a little bit about uh, trauma, right, and from her childhood. And you can kind of sort of see how, yes, of course, her trauma is probably based on um, some of the shitty men that she was around and the, and the, her experience being raped uh, as a child, which mm-hmm. with that, uh, that was a h- horrific. So, um, yeah, and I wonder if those daddy issues or those issues are like based around men sort of still stem from that, that trauma. Yeah, I think, you know, if we're lumping together sort of everyone we had on the board, I think almost all of them except for her mother were men. Um, It's hard to send, you know, 50% of the population to the alarmist jail. (laughs) However, I'm not saying it can't be done. Just as a a population control. I mean, how do you feed them, I guess? Yeah, it's just tough because if we start sending men to the alarmist jail, they're probably going to go every single episode <laughs> and we'll we'll lose chris which will be a big bummer yeah. well i'll get three square meals a day right i mean i have never been inside i've never visited the alarmist jail maybe i should walk by and see what it's like in there so. i do think it's mostly men in the alarmist jail <laughs> is it all men have we sent women um we i i don't know if we've sent a woman yet we need We're to have to we need to keep track of everyone we have in there because if, if any of our listeners are an artist i really want to do a big collage of the alarmist jail like a big group photo of everyone who's in there so if you have That's... this skill set send us an email we'll talk oh my god that would be yeah amazing. that would be amazing that would de- that would get you the big clap too that yes would be a, that would be a big clap <laughs> it's my dream 
So this other email that I got kind of ties into what we're talking about. So I want to read it. And this is from Alicia Thompson. And uh, she wrote, Hi, Team Alarmist. I just finished listening to your latest episode. I don't want to come across as nitpicky and or oversensitive, but I feel a bit protective of the mental health community after the discussion on childhood trauma. I am an unashamed survivor of childhood sexual abuse and trauma and 100% agree that childhood trauma was a valid choice to go on the board for Marilyn's death. I just wanted to critique as politely as possible (laughs) your use of words around childhood trauma and highlight the childhood trauma in itself is not a killer. It is unresolved childhood trauma Mm. that can and does cause a lot of long-term harm and suicide. That, I mean, that's interesting, the, uh, what, what she's saying here. So um, she also wrote the example of Oprah Winfrey that you used was very appropriate. However, the difference is that abundance of therapeutic work, self-discovery and compassion that Oprah has done, that has meant sh- that has meant that she's survived. So that is a good point. Marilyn never really got the kind of therapeutic um, treatment that Oprah has been able to get. And I, I think that what she's saying here is 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 really important to highlight because I, I do agree with her. I think that's so important. And also what a great vocabulary now that we have to sort of make that distinction. And because that was when we were even talking about it in the Marilyn Monroe episode, it was confusing. It's like, why do some people flourish and some people um, don't and are really affected by their, or everyone's affected by it, but aren't able to overcome their childhood trauma. And now we have better uh, vocabulary for it, which is unresolved childhood trauma. And yeah, unfortunately, Marilyn just didn't have the ability or the opportunity or the resources to resolve what happened to her. I, I agree. Um, and I don't, we didn't send child her unresolved what should we should have called her unresolved childhood trauma to the alarmist jail but they did get the big slap yeah so it's important that we specify that that slap is going to unresolved childhood trauma Mm -hmm. amendment accepted yes thank you alicia that was a thank you for uh, uh reaching out and making that uh uh, specification and delineation between those two ideas. Yeah. That's very helpful. It's important. And uh, honestly, what a great email. Like, <laughs> she really didn't want to, you know, sound like she was uh, being nitpicky or anything. No, she was so sweet. <laughs> she was so polite. <laughs> but, you know, at The Alarmist, we, we welcome this. We're stumbling yeah. through these episodes. So this is always really helpful to hear, to be corrected. We never mind. Yes, it goes, and it goes a long way. It really goes a long way. And it could change how history is recorded, honestly. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's very true. Um, Okay. And finally, we have one from a listener uh, called Pam Smith. Chris, do you recognize Pam Smith? Sounds like my mom's name. (laughs) (laughs) And she wrote in and she had... uh, she she had previously listened to a 12-episode podcast called The Killing of Marilyn Monroe. So she was very excited about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what she says. Personally, I believe that her ult- uh, untimely demise may have been caused by a, a political hit at the hands of the CIA or 
Joe Kennedy. Mm. I'm surprised nobody brought up the famous father. He was at the helm of the Kennedy ship, and he architected the Kennedy hierarchy, the Kennedy puppet master, if you will. It it was believed that he was also involved with the mafia and Castro and therefore had connections to make Marilyn disappear so as not to interfere with the plans he had for his boys. Back in those days, that kind of scandal would ruin any political ambition. And Joe Kennedy had all he could to, uh, had all he could do to keep up with his frisky boys. She called them frisky. Ooh, and I like she ends her sentence with a dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Saying, I could say more, but I won't. <laughs> yeah, she stopped herself. She could have gone on. But I, what, what do you guys think? Joe Kennedy. I hadn't even thought of Joe Kennedy. I'd have to do a little more research to know more about them. Uh, and I, maybe we should listen to that 12-episode Marilyn Monroe podcast. But uh, that's definitely a good point, Pam. Thanks for pointing that out. I, I, I think that's well worth considering. Um, and I do, re- I do remember Joe Kennedy um, in, I think he was featured in um, The Irishman, that, uh, that new Scorsese movie, and oh. as having connect- mob- mafia connections. Oh, so she might be onto something. And I like how you called her Pam and not Mom. Well, whereas we're not a hundred percent sure that she it's, there's uh, could be other Pams. The photo, the photo next to her uh, name led me to believe that it was oh, the Pam Smith. Sorry, I didn't see where it came from. I'm reading this on a Google Doc. So I, for those of you at home who are confused, so thank you so much uh, for listening, everyone, and don't forget to rate, review, subscribe our podcast. It really helps us. I don't know, get those numbers up, get up on the board. Who the heck knows how all of this works? (laughs) But it helps. So, you know, leave us a little comment. It doesn't have to be long. I I know that you probably have the time unless you you are a nurse or uh, an essential worker. Um, So, you know, just leave us your thoughts and uh, make sure to uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at the Alarmist Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Alarmist V. You can also mail in a- any thoughts or, or, or polite suggestions <laughs> to uh, the Alarmist Podcast at gmail.com. And feel free to call our Erios hotline and leave us your uh, show, show us what your vocal cords sound like and please call us at 844-370-8643 the numbers in the show notes and rebecca chris i have a little announcement what we got what to a million downloads baby Big clap for us. can you put a huge round of applause yes <laughs> i will oh my gosh so, that is so fun. So you know what that means? We have to do our Who Wants to Be a Millionaire cheating scandal bonus episode. So we'll get to work on that. All right. Well, that's coming up. Uh, thank you so much for helping us get to a million, everyone. What's the next ear? Oh, what's the next benchmark for us to uh, celebrate a billion? Ten million. Well, thank you, everyone, and uh, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about the fall of the Aztec Empire. It's a big one.
by ACAST. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.